Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, across the world on the interwebs and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show. Hello and good morning to you Monday, 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 a little bit uh, cloudy, a little bit rainy, enjoyed the 2.6 minutes of sunshine, sunshine, sunshine that we had yesterday. Um, I mean, it was nice. It was beautiful. And then uh, by last night it was raining again, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> other than welcome to Alaska. If you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. It'll change. Um, we uh, hope you had a great weekend and found it restive and restorative. But we are back to it uh, another week. Now, the good news is, of course, uh, is that uh, it is a holiday weekend coming up. Um, and uh, we are going to remind you that uh, <clears throat> one week from today, we will be off the air. Uh, well, I mean, not the radio stations. The radio stations will have something on, but the show will be off the air uh, because I will be on vacation uh, for uh, for Labor Day, L Memorial Day, Labor Day. It was just Memorial Day. Now it's Labor Day. Um, so we're going to uh, <clears throat> we're going to be doing that and. Um, We'll be uh, we'll be relaxing, maxing and relaxing, as they say. So that's uh, all coming up here uh, this next week, uh, one week from today. So we've got this week, and then we've all got a three day week. Well, most of us have a three day weekend. So uh, let's uh, we'll see what you guys uh, we'll see what you guys get a chance to do as we jump into it. All right, today's program. What's on the agenda for today? Well, uh, today we are going to be diving into this uh, with, uh, we got some good guests. Uh, we're going to start off here uh, in hour one. We're going to be talking with uh, uh, Kelly Shibaka, who is running for U.S. Senate. Uh, she's going to be joining us uh, here in about, uh, oh, about uh, 10, 12 minutes or so. We'll be talking with her about her run for the U.S. Senate and what's been going on and uh what her thoughts are on everything from the jungle primary and rank choice voting up to, uh, you know, spending and defense and the border and infrastructure and whew, man, <clears throat> it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting discussion. That's going to take up all of our one. And then in hour two, we're going to dive into it uh, with uh, we're going to dive into it with a Charlie Pierce. Um, Charlie Pierce is going to be joining us in hour two, and he'll be talking with us now about, uh, his campaign, how it's now shifting into overdrive. He has officially resigned from the, uh, uh, office of mayor for the, uh, 
for the Kenai Peninsula Borough. That goes into effect in just a couple days. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about uh, all the picking and dripping that's been going on with uh, um, uh, the Alaska landmine and ADN and more. And we'll we'll just we'll see what he has to say. We'll get Charlie and give him a chance to uh, give us his take on everything that's uh, that's going on. Meanwhile, we will uh, we'll dive into this and start talking about uh, some of the headlines that we missed uh, or that maybe you missed over the week. I mean, who are we kidding? I missed him, too, because I wasn't. <clears throat> you know that on the weekend, I do not pay attention to the news. It is an official. It's an official decision. It's a mandate from on high. I've decided I do not listen to the news on the weekends and I am a much happier person for it. And uh, I love it. So we're gonna be uh, <clears throat> we're gonna be starting off with uh, with those headlines this morning here. So let's uh, let's get into this. Um, you know, it's been interesting to watch what's been happening with the school districts and the school uh, and and the busing issue. Um, I found it uh, I found it very interesting that uh, the ADN now has got two major stories up on this. We've been talking about it. Um, in some detail here the last week or so and talking about kind of the fundamental changes um, that have um, that have gone on here uh, uh, in the way people are hired and in the way people are looking at their jobs. Um, kind of this whole new revelation for many people that they've decided that they want to change careers or they don't want to take a job that they just don't like uh, in the post-coronavirus world. Um, and that's had a trickle-down effect um, in an article by Zaz Hollander from the ADN talking about not the Anchorage School District, but that the fact that the Matsul School District is facing the same kind of situation that the Anchorage School District is. Um, they mention uh, very clearly that this is not just a problem here in Alaska, but the fact that it is a problem uh, nationwide, that they are having issues trying to uh, find uh, school bus drivers uh, from across the country right now. And this is just one other problem. Oh, by the way, the Matsu School District is not only facing a bus driver shortage, it is also, it is also facing a bus shortage as well. Um, they did not receive the number of buses that they had been expecting uh, prior to the school uh, day starting, to the school year starting. Uh, they had expected to have about 160 buses. That's what they need, according to the ADN and this Northwest Regional Manager, Will Zimmerman. Right now, they have just over 100 buses. Although they have used buses from the Fairbanks North Star Brewer School District, where they also have a transport contract on a temporary basis. According to Zimmerman, that's a supply chain issue. The production is not nearly what the output was before COVID. So although we see the volume here, eventually it's just a slow supply chain added to the fact that you have to get them here from the lower 48. Um, they, uh, they said Durham officials said that they learned about a week before school that they wouldn't have enough buses arriving from Oklahoma by way of Tacoma to the port of Anchorage. Uh, they, they, the, the issues, uh, that they did get with some of the buses that they did receive, uh, issues arose with about a third of the buses that they did get. Some needed repair 
and others didn't pass state inspection. They're always also short of drivers. They have a roster of just about 100 full-time qualified drivers, but they need 165 drivers. And they've got 30 drivers in training and everything else. Uh, they're also in the middle of contract negotiations with apparently, I didn't realize this, but the bus drivers are all unionized. And so they're in the middle of a uh, contract with uh, with the unions. Uh, right now, bus drivers are making $25 an hour. The drivers are have agreed, uh, uh, Zimmerman, excuse me, Durham and, and the drivers have agreed to operate under the terms of the prior agreement uh, negotiated with the uh, first student, which was the previous contract, right now the drivers are making $25 an hour, but that's expected to go up once the new union agreement is reached. And it's just, I mean, this is just wheels within wheels, stuff happening all over the place. But yeah, uh, they've got some serious issues. Anchorage school districts also facing the same kind of issue as we mentioned last week and we talked about in general. And uh, although the idea was floated that um, the uh, National Guard, uh, the Alaska National Guard might step up uh, to fill some of those uh, slots, that was deemed to be, um, well, the, the legal the legal discussion on it was no. It did not qualify as an emergency and the governor couldn't call them up. Again, poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on our part kind of thing. Well, they did find a way around part of that uh, because of the school busing and driver shortage. Active duty airmen will now be called into action behind the wheel. In a letter sent to parents on Friday, according to the ADN, School District Superintendent Jarrett Bryant said that four airmen with the 673rd Logistical Readiness Squadron will drive buses beginning September 4th. They said those five, four or five drivers will be taking over routes that are on uh, J-Bear, Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson. They will be providing uh, five drivers to cover the schools on base, allowing four drivers to go back into Anchorage routes starting September 1st. So essentially, they will just take care of the on-base driving, which I guess nicely means that they're covered. You know, again, you're not uh, you're not sending out military personnel out into the general public. They're only operating on the base. Uh, he said, this will allow us to reinstate routes. Right now, we're reinstating routes as we have drivers get behind the wheel after vetting and training, and that will help us immediately establish four new routes. In addition, the school district says 42 more drivers have been hired and are in training, while 35 people have sent in applications. Um, well, that's because I heard that, uh, I mean, they are offering, again, between a $2,500 and a $5,000 signing bonus for people to apply and jump into it at the uh, uh, at that level. And even if you didn't have training, even if you didn't have your CDL, even if you didn't have, I mean, they were looking for some people. Um, and so they, uh, they are definitely trying to beat the drum to get that done. If they've got 42 plus 35, that's pretty close to the 75 that they were looking for early on that they had reported. Uh, we'll see how many of those uh, sh uh, stick around. But, yeah, this has been a hot mess for this year. And Durham has definitely got – I mean, in the previous story from the ADN, the uh, one of the bigwigs at, at Durham, uh, I think he's like – he's one of the uh, – um, who was it? Oh, he's the 
He is the senior vice president of West Operations, Jim Ring. He's actually come up to Alaska, and he's uh, he's come up to Alaska, and he is overseeing this uh, poop parade as we go forward. And finally, this story. I saw somebody mention this last week, but I didn't uh, I didn't see anything about it. Um, apparently, uh, in Halibut Cove uh, last week. Uh, there was a float plane pilot who was driving out with some flight seeing tourists and apparently one of the local business owners, they don't say who it was. They just say it's a woman identified as a local business owner, decided to buzz the plane as it was trying to taxi out of the cove. I mean, she was swinging like high speed, close pass circles uh, around the plane. Well, the, vi- the video went viral um, and he, the pilot's asking for law enforcement to investigate um, no word as to whether they will or not, but the video itself, you can watch it. It's, uh, I mean, it's a little spooky. This, whoever's driving this boat, uh, and he said it's a woman, um, uh, she, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but she apparently did not like that plane and, uh, the seven passengers on board and everything else. Eventually, uh, a second boat appeared urging the woman who identified as a local business owner to stop what she was doing, what she eventually did. The pilot was able to get around her boat and take off safely. Uh, both the U S coast guard and the troopers are investigating the incident. And uh, the pilot says that he's glad, um, I would guess so. I don't know what the, what is going on. What is going on? Madness. Madness. All right. Well, that's just a couple of your headlines here for the weekend. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to kick things off. We've got more coming up. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to talk uh, with Kelly Shivaka up next. That's what's happening. The Michael Duke Show. Comet says. Uh, Comet sense. Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll be back with more here in just a few. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we are in the break right now. Welcome to it. Good morning, my friends. How was, uh, how was your weekend? How is everything going with you? You feeling, uh, you feeling particularly good and groovy this morning? I hope so. Um, we are going to be joined here in just a minute. I can see that Kelly Shabaka is in the green room, hanging out with us, ready to dive into this. So we're going to uh, be part of this with her here in just a minute. Let me get caught up here in the chat room first before we bring Kelly on. I don't want to interrupt her flow this morning if we get started to talk about something. So let's see what you guys, boy, you guys have been verbose this morning. All right. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, lots of good mornings. Appreciate it. Shared. Thank you. Uh, enjoyed the sun when it was out yesterday. Yep. For all of two minutes, it was out. Well, it was out for several hours, but you know what I mean. It felt like two minutes. It's all the way. I mean, I think I've got webbing in between my fingers right now. It's been so wet around here. Um, <clears throat> all right. Good morning. Happy coffee day. Um, my youngest son said, is this it for summer? Yes, I'm afraid it might be actually. That might be it for summer. Um, Brian gets a five day weekend. Woo. 
baby. <laughs> then Bill immediately says, well, I get a two-day weekend. Okay, well, I mean, I didn't mean to start a competition as to who's going to get the most days off. Because, uh, you know, I mean, Brian might win that. I think Kelly would probably going to lose that because I think she's going to be working throughout the entire, all the way into, she'll be here till November, folks. Not a day off until then. Um, all right. Uh, rank as in rank. It stinks. Rank choice voting. I'm sure we're going to talk about there. Um, same here. Got up, let the dogs out, saw this bright white light in the sky. I was like, what are you talking about here? The colors. Uh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, unless there was a UFO, in which case I'm all about it. Tell me all about it. Um, uh, thank goodness Michael Dukes is on. Louisiana Dan was going off about how Charlie Pierce doesn't stand a chance at winning going on about some conspiracy. That's what happens when you live in Louisiana and pretend you live in Alaska. I'm just saying that right out there. I'm just going to say that's how it is. Uh, I went to the fair to watch the pig races and then they named the pigs after who... Was running for governor. Guess who won? Bill Walker. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are all over the place this morning. Time for those who can go, who can to homeschool. I uh, call BS since the National Guard is under direct authority of the governor. Busing is a luxury, not mandatory. Uh, although I think there'd be many parents who would disagree with you on that. Um, how many days do they have to work once they get that big signing bonus, said Sandy? That's a good question. Um, Chris Hayes broke that story in KSRM, uh, the story about the halibut cove thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what was going on. Uh, apparently it was the owner of the sultry. Um, um, scrub the bob, 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 bob. Okay. All right. I think... You live in the banana belt where it rains a lot, Dukes. Well, I mean, yeah, it is a little bit wetter down here than it is up in Fairbanks, but I understand the weather in Fairbanks ain't been that great either. So, all right, um, let's uh, let's jump into it here. We've got a couple minutes. We're just getting ready, and it looks like we have got uh, – we are all squared away and ready to uh, start our thing. Let's get uh, Ms., uh, Mrs. Kelly Shavaka up on the program here to talk with us. Good morning, Kelly. How are you doing this Good morning. morning? Are you all ready? I am. Can you uh, hear me okay? I can hear you okay. It's another beautiful day in Alaska, right? Just another, I mean, I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm in Southeast somewhere. It's been raining so much, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it, it, at least there's no snow yet, right? I mean, that's the important part. That is the important part. I was out at the fair and saw some people from Southeast who came up and someone standing there said, wow, it sure is rainy there. And they looked at us and they said, it's a lot rainier here than it is in Southeast. You should come enjoy the sun. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think wow. they have a good point. That's a that's a pretty rough deal when that happens. When it's when it's rainier in South Central than it is down in Ketchikan or someplace like that, you got a problem. Um, all right, Kelly. Well, we're about 20 seconds out, so we're going to rejoin the radio. I'm going to just click this little mute button here. You're going to lose your mic for just a second as we get things ready. You just heard the ding. That's a reminder that we got to jump back so I don't talk over the edge of the return because I do that all the time. Here we go. The mic. Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like it, share, like it, share. Let's do this thing. Here we go.
All right, uh, continuing now, welcome back to the program. Hour one continues. Our guest this morning is Kelly Shabaka, who is a uh, U.S. candidate uh, candidate for U.S. Senate here on the program. You've probably seen uh, the big battle royale that's going on right now in uh, the primary and now on to the uh, Onto the uh, uh, onto the general election, and so we'll start things off to say. I guess we'll first we'll say good morning. We already said good morning, but we'll say good morning officially. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Good morning. So happy to be with you. How are you? Uh, uh, you know what? It's again a beautiful day. No snow. I'm feeling pretty good about it. It's uh, it's got to be good. That's a that's a plus. When there's no snow in August, you know it's going to be a good fall. Um, all right, Kelly. Uh, let's get started here. I guess. Uh, um, you know, first things first, I guess, since you and I have not talked for, for a while, I think we need to talk a little bit about now that we've been through it, this, uh, you know, kind of this whole rank choice thing and the jungle primary and everything else. I mean, it's been no secret. We've seen the Project Veritas stuff and everything else, but it was no secret to anybody that was paying attention that this whole rank choice voting thing was a way for your opponent, Lisa Murkowski, to avoid having to deal with a with a party primary. Um, and they've gotten through that now. So your thoughts on the jungle primary, the rank choice that's coming up, the special election that happened with their rank choice. Give us your thoughts overall on this change to Alaska's voting system. Well, I think all of us need to be a little concerned when we know that our senior senator colluded with her campaign staff to deceive Alaskans in order to jerry-rig a system of elections within the state so that she could stand some kind of chance of winning her seat back and preserving a 41-year Murkowski monarchy. That's kind of her MO for keeping this seat, right? She got in there through nepotism. She said that if she lost her primary, which is what's supposed to happen in an election to uh, Joe Miller back in 2010, that she would step down. She didn't honor that word, she lied. And then there was a shenanigan that they pulled in 2016. And now there's this shenanigan. And so it seems that Lisa Murkowski can't win an election fair and square. If she had played fair and square, she would not be in her Senate seat right now. She would have lost a primary on August 16th and we wouldn't be going through this. That said, Michael, I think it's going to be sweet poetic justice when the system that she designed for her, her opponents will be used against her. And that's the system that she'll use to lose. I think that's what's gonna happen in November. And so we've gone from playing checkers to playing chess. It's a similar concept, but different principles where you just simply have to just know the rules a couple steps ahead. And for example, with this special election that just happened, looking at the numbers, I'm confident that there will be enough people who voted for Nick that ranked Sarah second, that she'll have enough votes to overcome Mary. And it looks likely that she'll be the person who prevails in this, this next election. We'll just have to do the same thing in November. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting. I know that uh, a lot of people that I spoke to that said that they voted for this because I know I didn't vote for the ranked choice voting. But a lot of people were like, well, I was just doing it to get rid of the dark money. You mean this actually changes the voting? It was just it was kind of the whole way. The whole messaging was 90 percent dark money and 10 percent ranked choice voting. And nobody really understood what was going on. So I think there may be some changes in the future over that. But that's more of a state thing than anything else. Well, and to that point, Michael, the entire initiative was funded by dark money and it didn't get rid of dark money. Lisa Murkowski has spent now 21 years in DC and her campaign is funded nearly entirely by dark money from DC special interests and big donors outside of Alaska. That doesn't help us at all up here in Alaska when our Senator is literally pinned to the wall by DC insiders 
who have bought and paid for her. We need our Senate seat funded by Alaskans. My my campaign is nearly funded by the majority is by Alaskans. And that's what we need is our voice represented in Alaska, not a bunch of DC insiders and special interests and dark money from outside the state. So you're absolutely right. That's the big lie that was pulled is, hey, you're getting rid of dark money. But that's not at all what was happening. And that's what's caught in those undercover videos is her campaign staff admitting to the fact that that's the wool that they pulled over our eyes. They said this is about dark money, and it wasn't. It was about jerry-rigging an election system. Right. Well, and again, being in radio and seeing, I mean, I, I work in radio, and I see behind the scenes, and I run a couple stations, and so I saw all these commercials come across the thing, and like I said, 90% of the commercials dealt with dark money. Now, the dark money component had to do with candidates. It had nothing to do with ballot initiatives or anything else, and so it was ironic that here they are saying, we're going to take dark money out of politics with funded by dark money. You know, I mean, that was the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, but nobody seemed to catch that. Um, And of course, with 25 or 26 or 27 pages of instructions in the voter pamphlet on that initiative, you know, I don't think hardly anybody, I mean, I got to page 17 and said, I'm not voting for this. This is insane. Why would you have 17 pages of instructions for a single ballot initiative? We can't change something this complex with a single. Anyway, um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting, but as you point out, his her campaign and her workers and people who were supporting her knew all this, and they knew that if somebody hammered on that whole dark money aspect, that it would be that that would be the way to sell it to Alaskans. That's how they sold it. It wasn't on the benefits of rank choice; it was on the dark money aspect. And I mean, it's just again disingenuousness. And as a fringe benefit, it also helped the Walker campaign and some other stuff. Who they all want to help? They all want to work together. Um, yep, that's right. Well, and you also identify something else, which is this strategy that if you just put millions behind a lie, it makes it a truth. And so that's one of the things we're running into with our campaign. All these people coming up to me at the fair, having heard, what did she do? Spend like 10 times as much money as me in the primary with like swamping me with all these millions of dollars of ads about how I'm opposed to birth control in the mail. Right. Even though I've been on birth control, I've got family members on birth control. Um, one who gets it in the mail. So if you just put millions behind a lie, it makes it a truth. Well, it's not a truth. It's no more true than the ad she ran several weeks ago saying she supports our Second Amendment rights and it's Joe Biden coming for our guns. And then she's the one who colluded with Joe Biden to pass red flag laws and gun control. And that's how she lost her NRA endorsement and got downgraded by the NRA. I've got the NRA's highest rating and I've been endorsed by the gun owners of America. And she's not telling you that she's never supported us having the ability to get birth control without a prescription. That's something that I would support. You know, it's great that you get it in the mail, but having gone out to rural Alaska, it takes a long time to get the mail. And sometimes they don't get the mail. And so why wouldn't it be an option for them to just have it at the store? You know, an age restriction, but they could go in, they could show an ID and they're behind the counter. You could pick up a generic 28 day pack. That would be great. Lisa Murkowski's put her hands on a lot of legislation, you know, supporting late term abortion and a ton of taxpayer funded abortion. And let's protect my big pharmaceuticals that are funding me and their contraceptives. But she's never said, why don't we just make this readily available for all Alaskans anywhere? 
Those are the kind of things her big dark money will buy is a lot of swampy lie ads, but she won't actually stick up for us Alaskans. She says one thing to us, she does the opposite in D.C. Well, and it's funny. I mean, we should talk about, you know, the uh, the the Second Amendment stuff, because, you know, I remember sending an email back to uh, Lisa Murkowski uh, when both uh, Elena Kagan and uh, Sotomayor were both up for nomination. And I, I sent her an email and said, please don't vote for these these two candidates or nominees don't don't vote to confirm these two nominees because of their positions on the second amendment if you believe in the second amendment as written the originalist kind of construct you know con- construction you know please don't vote for them and they she comes back with this comment about well it's the president's right to nominate who he wants and it's our job we just kind of rubber stamp it and all this kind of stuff and which is totally not the job of a senator and then we saw what mm-hmm. happened with the Kavanaugh situation and you're like wait That's a second funny. how how does how does how does this how does this square so really what it was is a dodge and she's not a supporter of the second amendment she's not a supporter of many things and obviously doesn't even understand what her role is supposed to be in the senate That's a really good point, Michael. And what I think you've also identified, you know, she started her career 21 years ago as a moderate Republican. That's when many of us supported her. But she's moved increasingly to the left. And you see that in decisions like this, these judicial nominees, where she indicted Kavanaugh for being male. You know, these Me Too allegations that come against all kinds of people. And he had evidence that refuted Lazy Ford's allegations against him, but it didn't matter to Lisa Murkowski. And so she's opposing these qualified constitutionalist judicial nominees, but then she'll support President Biden's radical agenda and these leftist judges that will come before her like Katanji Brown Jackson and these in Leda Kagan and Sotomayor, these other judges that you've that you've identified who will legislate from the bench and they will hurt Alaska. And that's what's happened. One of the judges she's a champion that hurts Alaska the most is Judge Gleason, this radical environmentalist who regularly legislates from the bench against us and hurts us so much, so much so that at a conference recently, um, they were asked, a bunch of panelists were asked, if you could have one dream headline this year, what would it be? And Senator Dan Sullivan said that this Judge Gleason would retire because it would be such a benefit to Alaska. Well, one of the only reasons Judge Gleason is in place is because of Lisa Murkowski. And so supporting these cabinet nominees, like the tie-breaking vote that she did to advance the nomination of Deb Holland, the only reason Deb Holland is in place is our interior secretary, is Lisa Murkowski. These are people who've declared war on Alaska, on our constitutional rights and on our energy industry. And the only person we have to give credit to that is Lisa Murkowski. I thought government was supposed to be for us, not against us. Right. Well, that seems to be what happens. This is a subsumption of candidates as they go down to the morass of Washington, D.C. And, you know, they start off as, oh, yes, it's all we're going to fight for you. We're going to I will now do what I'm told. I mean, it's just like, you know, they become part of the machine uh, and they slowly lose. Uh, you know, that uniqueness that got them elected a lot of times. And that's one of the things that I think people worry about, even sending somebody down as bright and cheerful and as a fighter as Kelly Shabaka. What's going to prevent you from being, you know, subsumed by the Stepford wives down there and the pod people in in, uh, Washington, D.C.? Well, we have to remember that I've already swam with the sharks and I never was the chump. (laughs) So having done oversight as a watchdog on these federal agencies for 16 years, 
doing everything from over a decade of oversight of the FBI. And don't we need that right now? Someone in the Senate who will hold the FBI accountable and the intelligence community, the Federal Trade Commission ran oversight of the Postal Service for over three years. What I've learned in D.C. with all these people who would threaten me, try to compromise me, try to bribe me, um, come against our family, all these things, horrible things when you try and hold D.C. insiders accountable. You've got to know the difference between your principles and your preferences. And I even have them written down because that's how important it is. You never, ever compromise principles. Sometimes it can be very tempting and sometimes it can be very hard. But as soon as you start compromising principles, you lose it. You lose the whole game. But you're willing to compromise preferences even though you fight hard for them. But that's where you get the deals made because politics is the art of the possible. And preferences is where the possible happens. But once you start compromising principles, you'll fall for anything and they've got you. And the the challenge in D.C. is the people who turn principles into preferences and they'll fall for anything. And the challenge where preferences are, are principles and you get nothing done. And so you can't be either of those. You've got to know the difference between principles and preferences. What I saw is the people who would just have everything as preferences, um, they'll fall for anything or they turn into predators and everybody around them becomes prey. And they'll just look out for themselves and devour anything in their way because it just really becomes a game about climbing the ladder and what's my next step? And can I become richer? Can I become more powerful? And the at the expense of the people I'm supposed to serve. And this is really supposed to be a public service role. Right. And you're supposed to be in the business of serving Americans and serving the people. And that's one of the things that's over in my principal column. If it's not about the people, why are you doing it? Right. Well, I mean, this is, again, the problem. Uh, you know, we've seen that uh, politicians, the professional politician clash become kind of the nouveau riche nobility where they are the the lords and ladies of the land and everybody else are just <laughs> peasants instead of the other way around, which is uh, which is unfortunate. And of course, anybody who's followed Murkowski's, uh, you know, career starting in the state legislature understood that this was not somebody who was, uh, you know, deep basted in conservative principles. She's been uh, she's been a moderate to liberal her entire career, including in the state legislature. So this is really not surprising to many of us who've watched this. Um, I want to, uh, we're going to come up on a break here. Uh, Kelly Shabaka is our guest candidate for U.S. Senate. I wanted to uh, give Kelly a little bit of the floor in the next segment to talk about what she wants to talk about. During the break, we're going to talk to Kelly about her uh, gun rights views uh, because we want to find out what her favorite gun is and some other stuff that, you know, it'll just be fine. So it's going to be good stuff. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. We've got more coming up. Uh, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio with Kelly Shibaka. You can find her at kelly4ak.com. We'll have that up here in, uh, have that in return with that here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Don't forget you could join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Or you can go out on YouTube or Twitch. And you can always catch us later on the podcast as well. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Kelly Shabaka returns right after this. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Radio. 
Okay, we are back in the commercial break right now. Kelly Shabaka continues with us. Uh, it seems like every Firearms Friday, somebody's like, get Kelly's uh, comment, get Charlie's, get get whoever. You know, it's everybody wants to know where everybody stands on gun rights. As you pointed out, you are not only endorsed by the National Rifle Association, the NRA, but Gun Owners of America, the GOA, which is a much, I will tell people, from being a life GOA member, I will tell you, that is a much harder card to get than the than the NRA card, it seems like, uh, because those folks at uh, GOA do not mess around. I mean, they are they are the little engine that could. They've only got about three or 400,000 members, not 4 million members, but they get stuff done in the halls of Congress, and, uh, and to get their endorsement's a pretty big deal. That's a really good point. That application process was, was quite lengthy, much lengthier than the other, you know, check yes or no <laughs> and uh and the interview as well and you you got to know your stuff and you got to mean it and i think they they go back through and look at social media posts and other things to make sure that you really 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 support the second amendment right well and i have to love it when lisa says well i support the second amendment but i mean you just feel like you can smell the picture of her with a duck in one hand and a shotgun in the other uh somehow equating the uh the the sh- the second amendment rights to only hunting and everything else your fundamental belief is the second amendment is uh there basically as a as a preeminent and a a check on government right well, that's exactly what our founding documents say. So it's not my personal belief. It's just what the documents say. I was just texting this with my daughter this morning. She's in a poli-sci class and they're asking her basic questions about, they're trying to indoctrinate her. And she says, we believe that most policy decisions belong to the states, right? And I said, that's not what we believe. That's what it says. Right. And that's what, the, it's not what I believe. It's what it says. And I, I believe the Constitution. And I also believe that the Constitution says Congress is the linebackers for the Constitution. So the Senate's fundamental job in the Constitution, first and foremost, not only do they take an oath for it, but you're supposed to protect what the Constitution says. And says that, I mean, there's a reason why it's in Article 1. Um, we're supposed to sit there and do everything we can to make sure not only that the legislation comes across our desk as constitutional, but that everything we do is in lines up with and supports and protects the American people and their rights in the Constitution. One of the things I think is so concerning right now is the blatant disregard of constitutional rights. And Congress puts it forward and says, well, if there's a problem with it, the courts will strike it down. What? We're not supposed to be having our our government leaders running um friendly fire, if you will, against our own team. Like we're supposed to be the people protecting our own constitutional rights. So bringing it back to the second amendment, it's what the document says from the declaration of independence through the main articles, all the way down to the bill of rights. That's what the document says. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. I always, you know, I, I always have to laugh when people are like, well, we have to interpret what the what, what do you have to interpret? It's written right there. You look back at what the founders were saying in their own writings outside of the Constitution at that time. It's pretty obvious what this is all about. Uh, you know, well, and the Supreme Court backs it up, which I think is really helpful. There's there's not a ton of Second Amendment law compared to other law, but I'm really grateful that we just had this recent case that they said the Second Amendment is not a second class right. I think that that's great when there's all kinds of, I think you actually just said it perfectly, Michael. I believe in the second amendment, but that's exactly why they put in there um, shall not be infringed. There, there are no buts. There's no fringing of this. Now, 
there's a lot of reasons people are putting out there about why we might want to put some butts in. And if that's the case, there's a really simple answer to that. Let's go amend the constitution. Right. There's a process for that too. But until you go back and change the original document, there's a great process for that. There's a lot of people involved, a lot of Americans who have to say yes. That's fine. Until then, it, there are no buts. That's what infringement means. Right. And so we have a lot of constitutional law around this and a lot of what it means on those commonly used guns that we're all carrying for our own self-protection. And if we need to go back and change the document, great. Until then, it shall not be infringed. Well, and, and somebody in the in the chat room brings up that this is the Don Young defense because, I mean, it's refreshing for you to hear because my ultimate argument, the last interview I ever had with Don Young was an argument about the fact that you should not be voting on, on bills that are blatantly unconstitutional. And his comment to me was, well, that's not our job. Our job is just to pass it. It's for the courts to decide if it's unconstitutional. I'm like, you're placing yeah. the burden square on citizens having to go back and fight against the federal government with unlimited funds to try and decide if something, if it's blatantly unconstitutional, it's blatantly unconstitutional. Oh no, that's not our, I'm, I'm refreshed to hear you say that. All right. We've only got 40 seconds. So your favorite firearm, why and go. I like the MP easy 380. Not only does it have a lot of safety features and it's easy to conceal and carry um, but it's also easy to train for my teenagers to use as we've learned how to move into handguns. I have several handguns. That one's been the best for our family. Easy MP, easy 380. I haven't seen that one. I'll yep. have to check that out. All right. You heard the ding. It's time to jump back into it. Here we go. Kelly Shabaka is our guest. The Michael Duke show. Uh, we have got, uh, we've got to get going. Let's, uh, let's jump back into it. Here we go. Like and share, like and share. Let's do it. All right, we're continuing now uh, with Kelly Shibaka, our guest uh, here on the uh, Michael Duke Show. Uh, we are uh, dis- we were just finished up our discussions on the Second Amendment, which I think is fantastic. And uh, if you missed it, you'll have to go back and listen to it on the podcast or on the replay. That's how it works sometimes. Let's uh, let's jump back into it with Kelly though now and get a chance to uh, you know as as this race starts to really get down to the uh, this is the real now right we're between the primary and the general this is the race to the finish. What are the uh, you know what are the things that you were looking at? What are you hearing from your constituency? What is Kelly Shabaka focused on going into the general election? What should we be paying attention to? Oh, those are a lot of questions, Michael. So it's, I'm it's excited a whole, about that's a whole hour <laughs> worth of questions right there. But we'll start off exactly. wherever you want, right? I'm excited about what happened in the primary. Um, I think we were surprised that so many of the Democrat voters who would have otherwise lined up behind Pat Chesbro went over to Murkowski. I think that that confirmed what a lot of us already knew. But those yep. look like general election numbers rather than primary election numbers. So I think. It's concerning for Senator Murkowski that she's so far from 50% with a general election turnout. And that's good news for us. So it's almost like when you're looking at it from a campaign data world, Murkowski hit her ceiling and we hit our floor. And so we're in a really good position um, for where we are. And we have got some room to grow and we know exactly where to build. 
And so we're going to be going out with a, you know, we saved our ad money for now with our ad money, reminding people of what exactly has changed for Senator Murkowski, how she's really directly contributed in her votes for Biden's radical nominees, pushing those people forward to tanking our energy industry, killing our jobs, crushing our families with inflation. Um, she wrote the bill that had, that directly contributed to the inflation spending when they had to go and print all the dollars to pay for it. And so those are things we've got to ask ourselves. We really want six more years of a senator who's helping Joe Biden and helping the D.C. insiders at the expense of our families. Or do we really want a senator who's going to help Alaska and listen to us and represent our values and our voices in the Senate? Um, those are the things I'm hearing when we've got, you know, lots of people stopping by our booth at the fair. I've been at the fair um, like many of these days this past week listening to all these people come by. And so many people are just concerned saying, you know, not we support you or we're happy to help, but we need you. Um, there's a desperation that I've been hearing the last year and a half when I've traveled more miles in state than it takes to circumnavigate the globe and connected with more than 60 communities at this point in rural areas, remote areas and coastal interior and on the beltway and or the rail belt. And it just tells us that everybody's feeling the same thing. We're tired of um, being told one thing and getting another, being promised, you know, billions of dollars. And then hear Senator Sullivan say, it turns out we're not going to get a dollar of that money because we made a deal with the radical Biden administration full of radical environmentalists confirmed and put in place and handpicked by Senator Murkowski. They've piled so many regulations on top of all that money we're supposed to get that we're actually not going to get any of it because they're determined to kill infrastructure. And I think he summed it up perfectly when he was on the floor of the Senate, when he said, you've got to choose which team you're on. Are you on the side of American families and our laborers and workers and those of us who are being crushed by the high cost of inflation? Or are you on team Biden and the special interests and radical environmentalists who are tied to this White House? And it turns out Senator Murkowski's on team Biden. She's been friends with him for 21 years. He swore her in when she became senator and she wrote the bill for him that did all of this to us. And that's the choice that's before us. And I think that's the choice that Alaskans are going to get to make this November. I think it's interesting going back to the uh, going back to the voting and, you know, her sealing your floor comment. Uh, you know, we saw that back in 2010. We saw the Democrats completely abandon their candidate, Scott Adams, that poor guy. I felt so bad for him because they completely threw just chucked him under the bus on that whole write-in campaign for Murkowski. And, and I agree with you. I think you could see all those numbers running up there to Murkowski. She still doesn't have the numbers to make it uh, uh, all the way up. And, uh, and, and I think you're going to see a huge turnout come November. So that's exciting to see. But you can definitely see where this all lies, uh, that, the, that the Democrats definitely do not want to see a Kelly Shabak uh, in the Senate. And it's good to see that, again, we have, uh, you know, we have an Alaska first mentality for everything and a country first mentality and a people first versus uh, versus government and the D.C. insiders, which is what we've been suffering from in this country for the last hundred years is this whole D. We know better than you uh, 3000 miles away from wherever you are. We know better than you how to live your life, how to run your business, how to create infrastructure, how to do all these things. And that's been the majority of the problem that we've had. Yeah, that's right. And don't touch our power and don't touch our money. Remember one of the number one people who's helping her is 
a senior senator from Kentucky telling us who we have to elect as our senator. Right. And the fact is, Lisa Murkowski's seniority isn't helping us. She's using it to help Joe Biden push through his nominees, push through his legislation. But she had the energy committee for six years. We, she just gave it over. Um, what did we get for it? And the fact is, we have that we are not going to get the energy committee again, the chairmanship until we start our seniority clock over again. She's not up for any more chairmanships. If we're going to get a chairmanship of a committee, we've got to start again. How long are we going to postpone this? We're going to wait another six years. We still have half the Biden administration to go. Are we going to be playing offense for him and scoring slap shots against Alaska? Or are we going to be playing goalie and blocking those people trying to shut down our resource industry and getting our anchor jobs back so we can grow our economy and start building Alaska's economy back up again? Those are the decisions we need to make. There's this whole like idea out there that she's bringing all this money home for Alaska. I worked for Senator Ted Stevens on the Appropriations Committee. Um, we stopped that whole process of earmarks, like when Senator Stevens would bring home money right. over a decade ago. They now send block grants over to the executive branch, and we have to apply for it and compete for it and get permits for it. And look around. There's not a lot of money coming to Alaska. I'd like to put a contract writer and grant writer on staff at the Senate so Alaskans can figure out how the heck do you navigate this bureaucracy in D.C.? And it wouldn't cost them anything doesn't do us much good to have a senior person on the appropriations committee who doesn't help us navigate DC and who doesn't use that seat to start punishing the agencies who don't comply with the law. When we have a two year requirement in statute for permitting and the average time is four and a half years to get a permit and you got to run that gamut two or three times so we can't get projects permitted in Alaska. What are you using your seniority for? Aside from giving the tie breaking vote for putting a defund the police activist at DOJ or letting Deb Holland through, or you're starting to do things like block and oppose Justice Kavanaugh, join the Democrats to filibuster Amy Coney Barrett, push through radical Katanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. What are we using our seniority for? I was looking at that $5 million we were supposed to get from Attorney General Barr. Remember that? We need that for public safety, remember? Right, right. Been out to a lot of villages, Michael, and guess what? Nobody has a dollar. <laughs> so I went to the governor's office and I said, hey, do you guys know where that money is? And they said, we can't find it, Kelly. There's a little bit that went to the Alaska State Troopers, but we didn't get a whole lot less, a whole lot more. We can't find it out in rural Alaska. So the question is, what are we actually getting for all this seniority aside from a chief enabling officer for Joe Biden? And I don't think we sent Lisa Murkowski to Washington, D.C. to help Joe Biden and to, to do a personal vendetta revenge mission on President Trump, who gave us some of the best policies Alaska's ever had. We need somebody back there who's going to fight for Alaska. And we need somebody back there now because our economy is in desperate shape. We need better affordable housing. We need parents' rights and education. We need more mental health resources. And we don't have time to waste. Kelly Shabak is our guest. Kelly, we're down to just over two minutes here. Quick, I got I to gotta turn libertarian for just a minute here. The spending. The spending at the at the national level. I mean, we haven't had a real budget in over a decade. Uh, you know, continuing resolutions, okay. deficit spending, debt. Uh, what's your what's your philosophy on that? Just quickly, and then a one minute summation for your elevator pitch. Yeah, financial responsibility is critical, and that was part of my job. It's been my job in the last two decades is reining in financial spending. 
Fortunately, Michael, I've been part of teams that have returned billions and billions of dollars to taxpayers. I'd like to bring that kind of fiscal responsibility outlook to the Senate. And I agree with you, it's been embarrassing to have a senior senator on our appropriations committee who hasn't done the basic position description outlined in Article One of the Constitution of just budgeting back government. Um, so moving on to the pitch, I think that you guys have all <laughs> heard it already, but this really just comes down to an election between do we want the senator that is bought and paid for and owned by dark money outside of Alaska who's going to continue to push through the radical Biden agenda? We're not done with Biden nominees who are going to come through these next two years. The Biden agenda is going to continue. And do we want her to continue pushing through nominees who are going to harm Alaska and hurt our jobs and crush our families and continue pushing through legislation that's going to continue driving up inflation and prices at the gas tank and prices for groceries when families I talk to can't pay for both this week? Are we going to have a senator who helps Joe Biden? Or are we going to have a senator who helps Alaska? and whose campaign is funded by Alaskans. And I owe everything to this state. My parents were homeless here before I was born, but my mom got an oil job and that's why we have the life we have today. And I'm never gonna forget that story or the people who fought for us and got us here. And that's why I wanna fight for Alaska. I'm at kelly4ak.com if you wanna help, kelly4ak.com. Kelly Shabaka, candidate uh, for U.S. Senate. She's going to stick with us just for a hot second, folks. we got Hour 2 coming up. Uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce is going to be our guest. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. See, we did it all in the time allotted to us. That was the important part. Uh, two things. I mean, I see somebody just brought up the whole birth control thing again. So I know you addressed that earlier on, but apparently people have got short attention spans. So if you want to address that real quick, because I know that's the that's the lie that's being pushed, is that you're not in favor of birth control. You want to put everybody in red cloaks with white hoods again and do all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you want to address that, and then I want to talk just briefly for a minute about the IRS thing. So go ahead. I support birth control in the mail. I've been on birth control. I have family members on birth control now who get it in the mail. I also support birth control that you don't need a prescription for, where our friends in rural Alaska, even in not rural Alaska, could actually just go in and get it in a store. You could have our age restriction on it. They show their ID and we're able to get it. That way you don't have to wait for the mail. You don't have to wait for a prescription. I think that'd make it easier. My opponent does not support that. She's funded by Big Pharma. She's had lots of opportunities to put that forward, and she hasn't. So that makes us different. Right. Um, and quickly, this IRS thing where they want to hire a gazillion IRS agents and arm them and tell them to use deadly force and everything else. Your thoughts on that? Because I know somebody asked about that earlier. This is very concerning. It's further examples of the Biden administration weaponizing law enforcement officers against the American public, especially people who they don't agree with politically. And I think that this is an area where Congress has the ability to budget back. So the Biden administration could say they want to do this, but if the IRS doesn't have the funds for it, they wouldn't be able to. And so the Republicans who want to be Republicans could actually put a stop to this. And I think that that's what we need to do is budget this back and say, no, you don't get to weaponize the IRS against Americans. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Kelly Shabaka, our guest, again, candidate for U.S. Senate. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on board and joining us today. It looks like uh, looks like another uh, a, a beautiful day. And we hope that you have a good day. Uh, I guess it's the fair today, right? So hope you have a good day out there as well. 
Thanks so much, Michael. Have a nice day, everybody. I'm at kellyfrayk.com. See you next time. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate you coming on board and joining us. Kelly Shabaka, our guest here on The Michael Duke Show, and we appreciate her coming on board and joining us. Uh, all right. I just realized I forgot to send the link for the show this morning. Okay. I got, I got, I got it. Okay. <clears throat> Good stuff. We appreciate it. Um, um, let me, uh, let me, let me do what I'm doing here, uh, to make sure that we've got Charlie coming on here. Um, uh, I guess I should, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm juggling and talking at the same time. It, 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 it is what it is. Let me do this right here. Co copy the URL. Um, all right, hold on, hold on one second, folks. All right, uh, just uh, in the middle of sending this right now so that Charlie could have, boom, just like that. All right, I got it, I got it. I forgot to send this to Charlie earlier this morning because I was doing three things, so um, there we go. All right, so Charlie's going to be joining us here in just a hot second. <clears throat> there we go. Uh, Alaska needs her. Can I get... Um, is the government trying to censor this? All of a sudden, my internet is crap only when I try to watch this. That's weird. Are you... Uh, Chris, try watching it on YouTube. If if um, Facebook is giving you a hard time, try watching it on YouTube. The IRS put out a press release under no circumstances of the IRS using funding for 87,000 IRS agents. That's a lie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Biden administration said they were doing it for. And in fact, the Biden administration, and, and of course, then the IRS also had out there that you had to be willing and ready to use a firearm and use it for deadly force as well. They took that down later on. But there are plenty of uh, plenty of Wayback Machine stuff to verify for that. Um, all right. Um, let's go over here. Looks like we've got Charlie Pierce uh, joining us uh, in the in the show this morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing this morning? Doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You all, uh, you ready? You're you're like a hundred percent campaign ready here, pretty quick, right? Oh, uh, you know, I'm here. <laughs> you're here. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be jumping back to you here real quick in just a second. We want to make sure that the video worked. So uh, just uh, be be sure to hang out there. We'll be right back to you. Don't, uh, don't go anywhere. Charlie Pierce, I'm going to mute his microphone there, and we'll be right back to him here in a hot second. Let me go back through some of the comments here that we missed during the discussion. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Kelly, you have my vote. Kelly all the way. Uh, Jeannie didn't like Kelly's, uh, she didn't like Kelly's choice of firearm. I'm not a striker fire fan. Okay. All right. Budget back better. Um, <clears throat> Charlie still has my vote, says Jeannie. Um, Alaska needs her so bad. America needs her. I agree. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Kelly all the way. Um, because the IRS tells the truth. Uh, they don't even use their real names. Yeah. Okay. Um, just going back through here. Sometimes YouTube won't show chat and I have to view as desktop. 
all these problems with all these different platforms. I mean, I'm trying to do it on all the different platforms just so that we can get a variety of, you know, in case one, uh, in case one doesn't work, the next one will. It would be nice if you were on Rumble. I, I've been, I've stopped splitting stuff down into hairs. I don't need to be on 15 platforms at once. I think three is enough. Maybe I'll switch out Rumble for Twitch one day, but Rumble is a, I mean, that's an expensive proposition to do, you know, when you got to, you got to spend a thousand bucks a year or something just to be able to live stream on Rumble with any kind of uh, bandwidth availability. Um, Charlie Pierce is the only candidate with a solid government back manager background. That's good. That's good. Um, uh, rumble, please, somebody said. All right. Uh, we're coming up to it. Let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Hour 2 and Charlie Pierce up next. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, MichaelDukeShow.com for the live stream. And of course, around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Duke Show. Good morning. Your only true Alaskan morning radio show. I mean, I live here and uh, I got to work here and uh, I'm I'm here already. Uh, thanks for coming in and joining us. It is uh, hour two of the big radio broadcast today and we are ready to dive into it. We're going to start things uh, off fresh and fast and furious this morning. Uh, we're about to dive into it with Mayor Charlie Pierce, who is a candidate for governor, uh, number four, in fact, <clears throat> on the ranked choice voting chart for governor. We're going to talk with him here uh, and get some uh, get the lowdown on his campaign, on the breaking news and everything else. And we're going to start that off. In fact, uh, right now, Mayor Charlie Pierce uh, joins us uh, on the program and we get started. Uh, we get started right now. Good morning, Mayor. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Michael. Thanks. Good morning. Thank, good morning, and thanks for coming on board and joining us this morning. Um, so first things first, Charlie, uh, We the announcement was made last week that uh, you are leaving as mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough to focus on your campaign. Uh, that'll happen here in a couple days. September 1st will be your last day. 
and uh, you're going to focus 100% on your campaign, which I applauded. I thought that that's, uh, that's been a good move. Uh, of course, uh, I, I want to address right up front here all the stuff that's been flying around the Alaska Inquirer. I mean, the Alaska landmine uh, is, uh, you know, threw out a story. And now the ADN is threw out a story that Charlie wasn't running for the good of his campaign. It was good. It was running because there's some kind of debacle going on at the borough and yada, yada, yada. So I wanted to give you a chance to address that first thing up the gate before we got into details and specifics of policies and your campaign and everything. So I wanted to give you a chance to uh, clear the air, so to speak, on the way out here. Well, let me let me correct your. You mentioned September first, and actually, I've given a month's note. Oh, a month. Uh, my last uh, my last day will be Friday, September the thirtieth, and oh, okay. so I've given a month. Specifically, did that so that we could help in the transition, knowing that they would have to go through a a uh, special appointment and then develop a special election uh, process and we we certainly want to continue to do people's uh, business take care uh, making sure that the paper paper process and the and the decision making process does not stop but clearly i've got some uh, time that i'm going to be uh, uh, vacationing a little bit and and in that process i'll be doing some campaigning as well good so um yeah and as far as the you know, uh, you've got a number of, of folks out there that are doing a lot of speculating and and um, and, and it's speculation at best. You know, one of the, the things that, that that's happened recently is the assembly went into executive session. And if you're familiar with the executive session process, it's designed and 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 created in government so that government bodies can go in and talk about. Uh, a number of things and and you know of course folks speculate and that's I assume that's what's going on here a lot of assumptions but um definitely uh uh clearly i'm in a, i'm in the same position is is that we're not at liberty to discuss uh executive session items and and uh and in due time certainly those items will be resolved and and uh and then the facts will be disclosed and so uh, the process is designed so that you can actually give respect to both sides of the issues, if there are issues, and and uh, and and again, most matters that go into executive session are confidential in nature, and uh, certainly this one's no different. And uh, you know, you could be talking uh, about a number of things in executive session. So, uh, for anybody to go out and write a storyline, try to uh, engage folks, force them to, or to encourage them to. Uh, speak outside of the boundaries of those uh, limits or those responsibilities is irresponsible in and of itself. Well, and we've seen the politics that are Comments. being, we're seeing the politics that are being played with this uh, right out of the gate. Uh, the ADN story goes on to talk about interviewing candidate or interviewing uh, 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 folks prior to the executive session and some kind of some kind of the speculative nature of what's going to be discussed and then of course later on everybody's like well now we can't talk about it i speculated before but now we can't talk about it so it gins up this speculation machine as to what was actually going on and of course we had again the alaska landmine with their piece and the accusations and everything else so um it, the, the problem is is that this is very similar to some of the um 
laws and some of the things how we've seen some of this being used previously against other candidates where there's a lot of speculation on things that nobody can talk about. Um, and, and that I think is the problematic aspect of this is that basically throwing the shots across the bow and then nobody's able to respond and it kind of hangs out there as if it's truth, um, without the ability to actually legally be able to respond to it or answer those questions. It's irresponsible. Yeah. Um, Mayor Charlie Pierce is our guest. Uh, let's uh, let's dive into it, Charlie. You made it to the top four. This was the thing that a lot of us have been fighting for, uh, trying to get you there, um, because uh, to us it was important uh, for the governorship of the state of Alaska that you be in that top four because uh, at least we could defeat, if nothing else, if we couldn't get Charlie Pierce in as governor of the state of Alaska, which many of us would really like to see, uh, at least we had a chance of defeating the two most detrimental players in this regard, which I would think would be uh, Gara and Walker. Uh, and here you are. Uh, walk us through that last uh, day or two and, and the reaction since then of uh, hitting that fourth position. What are your thoughts? Well, I want to thank the, the team that has worked with us and all the volunteers and all the contributions that have been made because has been a grassroots effort. We we started out with very little, uh, very few dollars, and along the way, every dollar we collected, uh, right at uh, real dollars, hard dollars, about uh, one hundred and forty, thirty five to one forty, and and then in addition to that, income, lots of in kind contributions made along the way to support this campaign, and and uh, again, we find ourselves starting out in the second round in a similar position. Where we're cash poor and uh, grassroots effort. Again, I think what we did is we spoke about the issues. We talked about the issues, and we didn't talk about the persons. And and we'll continue to do that. We'll talk about the issues for the state of Alaska and what we believe Alaskans should have options. And and uh, you know, you just heard from Kelly. Uh, certainly, a, a very very qualified candidate there that that could Alaska and and. Uh, uh, it'd be on, it would be an honor to serve with her. And, and you know, Alaska's got a, a lot of dots to connect and a lot of challenges. And, and you know, we live in a very, very large state. We're all, everybody lives on five acres just about. And, and you know, the cost of living is, is gone through the roof. And we found what we did in our campaign is we addressed issues. We tried to give options. We, we, we identified the problems. And then we tried some solutions. And I think that that's what a race should be about is right. what can you do for, what would you do in that situation? If you were responsible for the state of Alaska tomorrow, what would you do? And I, what our campaign tried to do was emulate that and, and share with folks as to the options that they had. Well, and I, I think that's important. I mean, we've seen the congressional race kind of go on a negative ad hominem attack line uh, for the Republican candidates. And I think that that's problematic. Now, talking about policies is one thing. Personal attacks are the other. And I don't think people appreciate that. I think people appreciate if you're talking about policy differences without attacking the person, that is the important part. I want to know about policies. I want to know where do you stand on you know government spending and the PFD and public safety and oil taxation and all those things. I don't want to know, you know, I don't want that ad hominem attack against you as a person. And I think that has become politics as usual, but I think it's refreshing when we can just talk about the policies instead. 
Well, I again, I I don't like negative campaigning. I never have. I've, I never in, uh, endorsed anyone to work around me that would would want to go in that direction. And I would encourage to stop rhetoric, stop the nonsense and the attacks of the person, and start talking about the issues. I'd like to hear from Walker here as to what they're going to do for this state. Is what is Walker going to go sell our gas? Try to do another deal with China? And again, right. I, it, 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 that, is a, that is an issue that Alaskans should be concerned about. And again, we don't hear about that. What they want to do is they want to get elected first, and then they want to bring their portfolio out and, and, and start uh, bringing their action plan to, to call. And, and, and again, I, it, I don't want to know about it after the fact. I would rather know what your plans are up front before right. I elect you. Right, and I would think that most Alaskans, that hearing from Alaska, that they're tired of waiting for some results in this state. We've sat back and waited and waited and waited. We've spent our savings, right? We've spent our savings. We've got one of the largest budgets we've ever ever had. And I just wonder. I sit back and I worry about what we're going to do two years from now when oil goes back to forty-five dollars a barrel. What in the world are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. Is anybody concerned about that? I mean, we, we've got a budget that is, is 10 times what it should be, and, and we've got a government that says, well, there's just no will to change it. There's just no will to change it. Well, you know what? Go look at your own personal checkbook and ask yourself if there's a will to not stop spending. And there, you, you understand personally on a personal level whether you can or can't. I think the state should be in no different. No, no, we, should, we should think about it the same way at the state level. You right. can't spend money that you don't, and we are. We're spending our we're spending our future our future uh, uh, revenues that we have, and we don't even have them. Right. Well, and that's again part of the problem: spending money we don't have. That's a national issue that normally we don't have to deal with. Although Alaska, you mentioned spending the savings over the last seven years, we have done a good job of spending more than we take in, just like the federal government. Although we can't print money, we just happen to spend pretty much all of our savings—sixteen plus billion dollars—out the door because we were unwilling to face the fact that we weren't taking in enough money. And I'm with you. What happens when oil goes from one hundred and five dollars a barrel? down to 50. What happens when the bottom drops out again and we're we're like that scene from uh scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where they're running back and forth across the ship, you know, from one side to the other, from feast to famine, from roll to plenty. Eventually we roll the ship over because nobody's paying attention uh to the to, to long term problem. I'll tell it's called spin, 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 tax. Yeah. Spin, 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 tax. Spin, 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 tax. And I'll tell you right now. We're going to be taxed. We're going to be taxed. We're already taxed. Our permanent funds have been taxed at the 50-50 split. They want a 75-25 split. Will your legislature look? We're fixing the. We're fixing the. Listen, we're fixing to have a Senate-controlled, uh, a Democratic-controlled Senate, and we could have a Democratic-controlled House too. What's the? What does that picture look like? If you're worried about elections, look at all the elections across the state and go out and rank the red. Right. What I would say to you this morning and, and to that, you know what, it rank the first and second place candidates that you've that that are conservatives. And then why would you give a third and a fourth place ranking? Why would you? I, right. I, right. I don't plan to. 
Yeah, I have no interest in ranking somebody who is philosophically opposed to my personal beliefs. I just have no interest in ranking that. It's like that's kind of it makes me complicit with their actions if they get elected, and I don't want to be any part of that for sure. Uh, I don't want to help. I don't want to help them. I don't want to keep their best. I want to keep their race alive. Yeah. Charlie, I don't. Charlie Pierce is our guest. We're coming up on the break here. We're going to take a quick, uh, we're going to take a hot break here. We're going to come back and we're going to continue our discussions. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Make sure you come out and check us out on Facebook as well. If you'd like today, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. And of course on YouTube and on Twitch. And don't forget the podcast will be available right after the show today. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Castbox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, Spotify. We got more coming up in just a moment. Charlie Pierce is our guest, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. We're in the break right now uh, with Charlie Pierce as our guest. Charlie, quick technical question: um, Are you connected to uh, your home Wi-Fi, or are you uh, are you broadcasting on your three your five G? Because you're breaking up a little bit there. I am. yeah. Let me. Um, uh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm hearing the interruption too, but I'm on my phone. I don't. I don't. Well, is your uh, fo- is your phone connected to your home Wi-Fi? But can I can I jump off of here and then get back on? Yeah, you can jump off and get back on. You can log out and then log back in. Yeah. I'll, I'll we'll let you do that. Let me turn off my Wi-Fi and see what's going on here. Okay, I'll be right back. All right, Charlie Pierce will be joining us here in just a moment. Let me. I'm still. I'm still here. Hang on, just one second. Let me get to my. Let me let me shut shut this off. Yeah, that's what I think's going on here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, I'm going to go back up here into the chat room and take a look at, uh, what is, uh, going on up in here. But people are trading ammo in the chat room. Uh, <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's see if we get, uh, Charlie back up here on the screen. And, um, is that better? It's a little better. Yeah. You're still a little choppy, but the audio is more what I'm concerned about than the video at this point. Um, but, uh, it okay. lo- looks like, uh, you're sounding a little clearer anyway. Um, Charlie's the right. smartest adult in the room when it comes to the governor's race. That's one of the comments in here that sounded good. Um, Ken Schnickenberger says, if you can't talk about it, then you're probably guilty. But again, this is part of that problem of this is like the ethics violations against, I remember Ralph Seekins had a problem with that and things like that, where you couldn't talk about it. You were legally bound to not talk about things that took place while you were in an executive session or during an ethics complaint or whatever. And basically they used it to beat you to death with it. And, uh, and that uh, I think is uh, part of the problem here as well. Um, like you said, it was, it's cowardly. It's when you can't talk about things, they could basically do whatever you want. Uh, let me see here. Um, scrolling through here. Um, 
the ranking the ranking the red. Somebody just said um, failing to rank the dem failing to rank is how Dems win. But when you've only got, I mean, when you've got other choices in the race, uh, you know, I'm not interested in ranking the third or fourth position. I don't know is that's how the Dems win to begin with. If I've ranked first and second and my candidates are in there, then uh, uh, then do I really want to vote in the third or fourth round of voting at that point? Charlie? I, I'm not going to rank any. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rank the I'm going to I'm going to encourage everybody to rank the red. Stick with your red. Red uh, conservative voice. Why would you vote for a? Uh, why would you do a third or a fourth place vote for a, uh, for something that you philosophically don't agree with? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, I agree with that. Spoke with a gal who thought she had to rank all of the candidates in ranked choice votes in confusion as designed, and and I think that's right because that's the messaging. The message is you have to. Um, now, whether you really have to or not, we obviously know that that's not true, but people are like, if they're unsure, they'll do what they're told, so to speak. And, uh, and I, I agree with that, um, uh, for sure. Charlie, we're about uh, a minute out right here. We're going to dive back into this here in just a hot second. So folks, uh, stick with us here. Don't go anywhere, Charlie. We're going to come right back to you. Uh, folks, please do me a favor. If you haven't already, if you are on YouTube excuse me, if you are on Facebook, can you do me a favor? Can you go over to the YouTube channel and uh, would you please uh, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube? Subscribe, ring the bell, and then you could come right back to Facebook if you'd like. You can come right back to Facebook. I know some of you are like, I don't do YouTube, but I need those subscribers. I need those subscribers. Uh, those numbers out there so that we can do some things on uh, YouTube that we are not able to do right now, super chats and some other stuff. Uh, There's some good opportunities there. Uh, So if you would just do me a favor, follow the link I just dropped in the chat room, go over there, hit subscribe, ring the bell, then you can come right back to Facebook. And if you're on YouTube right now, please like and share and subscribe and ring the bell if you haven't. All right. We've got, to, uh, we've got to do all those things. Charlie Pierce is our guest. The Michael Duke Show continues. Your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, welcome back to the prob. Welcome back to the program. The problem. Welcome back to the problem. Here's the solution. Charlie Pierce is our guest. That's the solution right now to the problems that are facing the state of Alaska. In my personal opinion, my not so humble opinion, Charlie Pierce is running for governor. He is number four in the four-way race. Uh, in the ranked choice voting system, Charlie. Before we get into policies and stuff, I guess we should comment on that because we we hadn't participated in a ranked choice system before. We hadn't done a jungle primary. We hadn't done all this stuff. What are your thoughts now that we're through phase one of the two phase process? What are your thoughts overall on the uh, on the ranked choice voting in the jungle primary and how things are laying out? Well, I hope that the legislature this next session goes into the first. Uh, 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 order of business is to uh, get rid of it, kill it, uh, remove it, and go back to our traditional ways of uh, electing officials. And uh, this is just a—it's been a—it's a mess, and uh, it was designed to be just what it is. And and 
again, they're uh, they're manipulating. It's it's very manipulated, and uh, and I I just I don't uh, I don't support the process. Uh, you know, you we you talked in your last your first hour about with Kelly about the dark money and the amount of money that's be, being invested in Alaska. Look at all the dollars coming into this state. There's 750,000 of us that live here, and we should be able to uh, vote. You would think that that our voice and our attitudes and our, our wants could be uh, the first and foremost thing that we, we are allowed to influence. And yet we have very little influence as Alaskans because of the outside money that comes into the state influences our leaders. Look at Lisa Murkowski and look at the dollars. He's funded by the Washington group. We heard that. We heard that in your first hour. It's very, very clear. And yet people still elect her. People still vote her into office for some reason. And, uh, um, you know, you look at the environmental policies and the people that she's put in the environmental groups that are killing Alaska. They're killing projects. They're preventing us from thriving. We'd have a better economy. We'd have more projects. We'd have more jobs. We'd have a better, better outcome, better results for our, better living standards for Alaskans. We'd be able to afford to pay the utility bills on a lot of the buildings we've built. You know, we'd be able to afford to pay for the education uh, costs that we have in the state. And, and the decisions would be a little bit more comfortable if we could just, if our economy could thrive. But our economy is being snuffed out by the environmental groups. And, and every time you, you talk about doing something in this state, there's 85 people that jump up and say you shouldn't do it. Right. And at what point, at what point are we as Alaskans going to be able to live? And what standard of living will we have? How many jobs will we have? You've had 18,000 people that have left this state since 17, 18. And does that concern anybody? The U-Haul trucks that that go to Toke and just sit there in the parking lot and sit in that parking lot at the restaurant at Fast Eddie's and ask yourself how many of those trucks are headed north or headed south. Right. Well, how many times have we been held hostage by a small, special, small vocal special interest group? That uh, that is basically, you know, stymied growth and development in this state. And that's that's become the soup du jour, so to speak, for, you know, places across the country. But especially here in Alaska, where we are so dependent on resource development. We are. Look at just look at medical freedoms, Michael. Look what we've gone through in the last three years in Alaska. Look at the leaders in Washington. I had one of the last conversations I had with Don Young was I asked him to get on the floor of the house and ask for early treatments. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. And that's where Don Young and I divided. Right. That's where that's where we found our divide that day. And I said, look, Don, there's people that are dying in this nation and they don't have to die. We've done this to ourselves and yet we continue, we continue to ignore the opportunity options that are out there for early treatments. And yet they continue to say, well that's an off-label medicine. You can't use that. And they won't let doctors, doctors, but yet some of the doctors had the courage to stand up and try to save lives. Yeah. And then some of the doctors in the pharmaceuticals, you talk about pharmaceuticals, you talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the money. Just follow the money. Listen, this guy right here, he's got a heart and a head and he cares about your heart and head. Someone loves you. And when we went through that, someone should have stood up and said, look. We're going to protect you. We're going to protect your families and your loved ones. And it doesn't matter whether pharmaceuticals are behind this or not, or big pharma and big money. 
is behind all of this. It, it, down to, it comes down to a human being and a life. Right. That somebody cares about. And yet we couldn't do that. Right. We couldn't do one well, of our, some, some of our best leaders that we endorse and that we get behind and, and ask to step to the plate. They couldn't stand behind that microphone and say it. Right. Well, it comes down comes down to personal choice, right? Too. I mean, we should have freedoms to be able to be to choose how we want to be treated. To you know, uh, medically, physically, how we want to do that. We should have that choice as citizens to make those decisions for ourselves. And a lot of that, I mean, a lot of that was taken away. It's it's uh, very frustrating and uh, and it's just astonishing the way that we were treated. And again, you were the one that stood up as the mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough and said, "Look." We're open for business. I mean, that was a that was a bellwether moment in the state of Alaska because everybody else was running around, you know, cringing and cowering. And you said, "We are open for business," and and that was a huge battle cry across the state. There were small businessmen women that were going out of business. Remember, they closed your churches, they closed your schools, put all your kids in masks, and then they turned around and tried to close your businesses too. Yeah. No. And I, at some point, you know, whether you have a, a, a pandemic or not, you, you, you have to manage it. You have to live through it. You still have to survive. You still have to thrive and survive. We still have to have an economy. You still need to be able to go to work to be able to pay your debt. And, and again, nobody, everybody just kind of ignored all of that. And they, well, it just doesn't matter. We'll bankrupt you. We'll put you. We'll put everybody into bankruptcy. It doesn't matter. Right, right. And of course, we find out after the fact that even countries that did not have the same mandates and lockdowns and everything else that we did, basically did right. exactly that. Exactly the same outcomes when it was all said and done. So it was all meaningless at that point. So bully for you for standing up first and saying we're open and that's what we need. We need a state that's open. We need a state that's fiscally responsible, Charlie. I mean, we had a. You know, we've had the, the governor's policy so far. He started off strong. With the you know with the restructuring and reduction of, of of expenditures and spending at the university and other things, and then slowly as we went through, he continued to back off those policies. I mean, we had the university actually discussing the fact that they were going to have to consolidate down from three separate universities to one, and the governor took the pressure off and backed off, and all of a sudden they don't have to do it anymore. I mean, th- these were the things that needed to happen. You know, we need to open up the funding formulas and the school uh, issues and, you know, whether or not we have backpack funding and all these kind of things. And yet we we need somebody who has the courage to go in there, even if it is unpopular with, as you said, that vocal segment out there. It's the only way we're going to get things done because we, you know, again, what happens when the budget or when the oil revenues hit $50 a barrel? instead of a hundred we won't be swimming in money we'll be drowning we will and we're going to be taxed and we're going to be taxed they're not only going to take your pfd you're worried so much about pfd what you should be worried about is how much what how much of your income is going to be taxed and whether your properties be taxed i mean we're leveraging ourselves we've got a big old rope the big old noose around our necks and it's called debt it's called debt and we yeah. don't have it we don't we don't have, our debt to you know, our income, we need to have an opportunity where we can increase our income. You know, we've got a pipeline that's two thirds empty and no one's talking about the two thirds trying to fill it. Why don't we fill it a little bit? Why don't we produce more, more of the item that has produced the greatest amount of revenue for this state in the history of Alaska? I mean, it's a barrel of oil, right. a barrel of oil. We need more barrels of oil in our pipeline. And 
it seems like a pretty easy solution, but yet it seems like it, there's no will, right? There's no one in the room that's willing to talk about it. What about long-term tax policy on our oil companies? No, one's, no one wants to talk about that because, oh, that's, can't do that. You know, uh, I'm a new legislator. I need to be able to come into office next year and change the tax policy so that everybody gets their fair share. Right. Well, I mean, we, we talk about the fiscal policy working group. That was part of their plan. You saw that. You took a look at that. Is that something that you are going to look at and use and help endorse and, and use as a blueprint? Absolutely. That hard work, a lot of the solutions have already been determined, and we're ignoring them. We're ignoring them. Pull that document out and let's implement it. Right. Let's make it. Let's well, make it. I think you really hit on something, though, when you said the PFD. You're worried about your PFD. You need to be worried about taxes because well, we've talked about it on this program. They're already taxing your PFD at 30 to, 30 to 50%. They're eventually going to take all of your PFD and consume it all because that's government's money. Don't forget, that's not your money. That's government's money. But once the PFD is gone, there's only one more There's only one more bucket on the table. Well, there's two, the, the permanent fund itself. But there's only one real accessible bucket on the table. And that is you, your pocketbook, your taxes. They'll take the PFD and tax you on top of it. That's right. And you remember, just listen to this. You know, welcome to the party, pal. I like that. I like that comment. Welcome to the party, pal. Because remember this, you will be taxed. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're, and, and, and if you're sitting at home and you're, you're real comfortable and you're drinking your coffee this morning, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be taxed. <laughs> because there's a will in the legislature to do anything else but that. Yeah. And that's what they're, they're going to tax you. And everybody says, well, we don't need a tax. We don't need a tax. I believe that. I don't think we need a tax. I think what we need to do is get our fiscal house in order. We need to spend less money every year for the next 10, 15 years. We need to spend less money every year for the next 10 to 15 years to get our fiscal house in order. And and again, it you 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 start with the revenue that you're making in this state, you build your budget based on how much revenue you're making. Right. Yeah, really, instead of creating the wish list, pie in the sky, this is what we want. Yeah. Now we figure yeah. out how to backfill it. Instead, start with, this is what we, I've advocated for years that the budgeting process for the governor should be based on a similar formula to what the permanent fund statutory is, which is we should base this year's budget on the preceding five years average of the five years previous revenue. That would be like, a, that would be a good starting point. You'd at least have an idea instead of, oh well, oil's at. I mean, I remember Sean Parnell. Oil's at eighty nine dollars a barrel, but I'm going to write a budget based on one hundred and fifteen dollars a barrel. How does that even work? How does that? I mean, the, mathematically, that doesn't even work out. That's not. That's not even fifth grade math. Right. Exactly. Uh, Charlie Pierce is our guest uh, candidate uh, for governor. Uh, Charlie, uh, if you want, I'll keep you over through the third segment here, and we'll continue on and talk more about more specific policies if you got time. Uh, I know you're right. a busy guy. Uh, all right, we'll keep Charlie on over through the break, and we'll come back to him. Charlie Pierce, our guest, the Michael Duke Show continues. We got more coming up here. Don't go anywhere. If you want to join us uh, out on Facebook, that's the easiest chat room to get to. Just go to facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. We'll, uh, we'll continue our discussions with Mayor Charlie Pierce in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back with more right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Michael Duke Show. 
Okay, in the uh, in the program now with Charlie Pierce, uh, candidate uh, for governor. Uh, you know, Charlie, this is. I mean, you know what? You should have done an ad just like you did, pointing at the camera, saying that I care about you, and this is. I mean, we need some fire. I mean, I love. Look, I love Mike, but at the same time, you know, I I, I need to see something with passion. I need to see something, uh, you know, with determination. I need to see, you know, we're open for business. We need to do it. Everybody needs to get on board. Everybody needs to get their fair share, uh, whether it's oil revenues or their PFD or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's that kind of passion that I think is really that will drive people uh, and uh, will help uh, in this, uh, you know, in this race. It, you know, people need to get engaged. This, this, I've heard this is going to be one of the most important elections in the history of Alaska, and I, and I, I don't doubt that. I think that there's some very, very uh, look, look how hard uh, Kelly and Nick have gone around this state and campaign. They've hit every, every community um, throughout Alaska. Yeah, and every voting and, district, which is hard, 40, 40, 40 districts around the state of Alaska in a place that, you know, is two thirds the size of the continental U.S. That's a pretty, pretty cool accomplishment. Big, tall order. And, and they've done it. They've, they've been out there and they've talked with folks and they've shared their message. Look how difficult. Look at the primary The you can look at it as a poll and look at look where they came in in the primary. Yeah. And look how hard it worked in Alaska. And ask yourself whether dollars, money's not influencing these races. Oh well, absolutely. In fact, that's going to be the com- that's going to be my question to you when we come back. I mean, you are literally the David to the Goliath at this point as oh, yeah. far as expenditures. But yeah. uh, I think that a campaign with true spirit and true gumption, and uh, you know, with a message that comes through to the people, I think uh, has a shot here. So we are going to. We are going to talk about that. Um, Charlie, the PFD issue, this is something that's killed me because you just talked about the size and scope of government. You talked about the growth. The number that always hits me is that back when we got that first royalty check, remember that first big payout to the state of Alaska was $900 million and change, right? I mean, that was almost a billion dollars. At right. the time, the entire state budget was $162 million. That was yeah. the entire state. That oh. was the entire expenditure for the. So even if you extrapolate it out for inflation and population and everything else, our state budget, based on the same numbers back when we got that first check, should be somewhere in the two to two and a half billion dollar range. And here we are spending six, seven billion dollars on the state, and they say well, we couldn't possibly cut anything. What What do you say to that? Well, it has to be. You, you, there's no. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Let's have a real. Let's have a real uh, honest conversation with each other. It, if if I'm running the budget, I'm going to balance the budget. I'm going to work towards balancing that budget, and it has to be. There's cuts. Cuts are going to come. You're going to have to have cuts in order to balance your budget. It's a reality check. You can't. You know. You're not going to be able to fund everything. And so what I would do, and I think we we, we kind of went through this exercise and we watched this play out, is you you identify all the things on one c- column that you have to do. The government's required to do. And then you look at all the other things that we're doing that government has no play in. <laughs> you mean the must-haves versus the nice-to-haves? I mean, we've talked about that ad nauseum on this program. We are doing things in this state that we have no business as a state participating in, and we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on it. 
And again, it goes back to the special interest. Most of those items would probably have some tie or some connection to special interests. And and again, it's 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 it, the story is not pretty. It's not a pretty story. And again, it takes an individual that can go in there and look at it and be very honest and very frank with folks. And by the way, come back to the people and communicate why we're doing what we're doing and what we're doing. You have to have that conversation and that exchange, that dialogue, or you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Michael off YouTube says, everything Charlie has said needs to be included in his campaign message, just like he's talking now. This is during your finger wagging, which I thought was ideal. I mean, that's what we need. We well, need, I mean, we need fire in the Michael, belly. I've been saying this for eight months, nine months, 10 yeah. months. Been out there saying this. I've been saying this. Right. It, hasn't changed my message hasn't changed people are not paying attention people in the first seven months were paying attention to all the other races right oh just kind of conveniently now started to pay attention to the governor's race oh it's governor race time now you know right. what alaska i've said this too you deserve what you get right you deserve what you get because you don't make a contribution you'll tell me to travel everywhere in the state and be everywhere on everybody's doorstep and you won't write a check. Right. Thank you. You want to do it. You need his support. Speaking of support, Michael also says, Charlie, are there signs available in Fairbanks? We need to get your name out. Do you guys we have? We have Fairbanks. There are signs out up there in Fairbanks. There's a gentleman up there that has signs. And again, we can replenish them. If they're out, we can replenish them. We've had a lot of signs actually removed in Fairbanks. Oh. There's someone in our signs. And, you know, we buy them, we put them up. And they and take someone, them down. Yeah. that. Has Someone's Look, already down early for us. I yeah, guess. that's happened to me before when I ran for office up there too, Charlie. We got some folks up there. Let's get back to it. All right. Uh, continuing now, Charlie Pierce is our guest candidate for governor. Um, we were just talking a little bit about it here, but a campaign like Charlie's, uh, again, coming into the fourth position, Charlie is really kind of the David to all the Goliaths in the room because all the other candidates are raising significant amounts of money. I mean, you never would have thought that a governor's race in the state of Alaska would reach into the million dollar range for campaigns, but that's kind of where we're at. And Charlie was just talking about, you know, people want to change, but they're going to have to put their money where their mouth is because you can't, uh, you can't do this on a dime. You get, you've got to go, you know, you got to travel as we were talking about earlier to 40 different districts in the state, the state that's two thirds the sides of the continental United States, that's going to take some money. And and again, Charlie is fighting this David and Goliath race. Charlie, how do you, how are you guys? What's your strategy to overcome that issue? Is it an appeal to the people, or what? What is it going to take? Well, again, I, you know, we've put the message out there. We've pinged every phone in this state. We've hit every phone in this state. We've used social media. We've been very, very effective with the dollar putting the dollars that we've had to work. And and uh, you know, so folks that say, "Well, I've never heard." I've never heard of them. Well, if you've got a phone and it's in your hand and you're paying attention to it, we've pinged your phone. We've hit every phone in this state. We've, we've, we've advertised as much as we possibly could. We had radio ads. We had radio ads in every community in this state. 
and uh, they were very effective. And we, I think we've done a great job based right. on the money we, right. you know, look at them. I mean, I think that's, to come in at final four, what an effort. I mean, I, I give a credit to my team. Uh, every one of them have worked very, very hard. Edie Grunwald, you're not going to find a harder working person. She's been out there pounding the pavement and knocking on doors and hands and, and work. She worked very, very hard. Right. Very lady, very willing to talk and to, to, she's a problem solver. She listens and she wants to solve problems. Yeah. And again, we've been out there. We were at the fair. We worked the fair. She worked the fair uh, a few days. I was up there on a Friday and uh, shaking hands and talking to folks. And I mean, we're doing what we can and we'll continue to do what we can. We'll get around to you. If we can afford to travel, we'll travel. And, uh, but again, it takes dollars to do that. And hopefully that got an antidote. You can go to Charlie at Charlie Pierce for governor.com. And there's a button there. You can hit that button and you can make a contribution to the, to the campaign. Um, if you, uh, if you so desire, but again, it's a personal choice. You get to decide. And again, I, I've said it, uh, it, it's up to you. Rank the red though. When yeah. you, go, you get in that ballot box, you'll, you'll rank the red and you'll, you'll ignore the rest of them that are on the ballot. Right, exactly. Well, and and I and I agree that you know folks have got to put their money. We can't just sit back and then complain later on when it doesn't work out uh, the way that we thought it was going to work out. We've got to we've got to put our money where our mouth is. Donate yeah. if we don't have the money, we donate the time. If we don't have the time, we you know we tell a friends about it. We do whatever we can do, but we've got to get this information out there. If folks want to uh, uh, get a sign and everything else, I'm assuming they can go to your website and get connected with people and do that kind of stuff as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we're monitoring that. We've delivered a lot of signs last month. And, uh, you know, Michael, if I could digress a little bit. Sure, go ahead. I'd like to, uh, you know, the mayor, I've been a mayor for five years. And um, and I'd, I'd like to talk about that just a little bit if I could. Sure, go ahead. For the record, I'd like to put put a few uh, bullet points out record and um you know i inherited a 4.5 million dollar deficit when i took office in 17 and that first year that first eight months at the end of the fiscal year we had deficit spent about four hundred and thirty four thousand dollars. right and why wow, you saved four million dollars well i didn't save four million dollars we made some extra money from pilt and from a revenue sharing state but we also saved 0.7 million in eight months and we did it by a hiring freeze and we did it by a travel freeze and then we did it by trying to uh, perform better safety environment we had a lot of work comp issues and we focused on the comp issues and uh, you know work comp issues make you or break you and um, and we certainly have tried to make it a better better place and a safer place to work and I think we've done that I want to say this, that um, today the borough sitting $30 million worth of fund balance. And uh, we just uh, lowered the mill rate, two-tenths of a mill. Yes, your property is appreciated because of the number of sales. It's been a very, very uh, robust uh, real estate market. And, you know, you can sell your house in about a week. If it's a decent home, you can sell it in about a week. And and you're going to make uh, some extra money on it. So it's val- your values have gone up on your property. And uh, I, certainly the mayor's office has nothing to do with that. And then I want to say that we fixed a number of things along the way, too. Uh, internally, we've saved millions of dollars along the way. Um, 
Casela was a, a 10, 15 year old problem. And uh, I found a way to fund this, this year's fund uh, uh, 23 budget. There's $3 million worth of matching funds in there to build a school for those kids in Casela. So that I took that problem off the table. And one of the things I tried to do as mayor is, is I had stacks of things on my desk. Right. And they were, they were called issues to resolve. One of the things I wanted to make sure that I had done is be a responsible mayor and resolve issues. And KCLO was in a perfect example of a, a lingering problem that just went on and on and on. We went into a redesign. We made that a school more efficient at a lower cost, brought it in under a lower cost. And the matching obviously is lower. And we were able to fund that match out of budget or in budget. Uh, we fixed some 14, 15 boilers around and in our schools we put high efficiency boilers i'd like to certainly i don't know the fuel cost savings but it's significant school districts benefit from that because they pay their heating bills we've got a uh, we've identified our um uh, deferred maintenance and you know there's uh, there's a 65 million dollar bond that's coming up in october to uh, build a new school tear an old school down build a new school remodel a school and then uh, fix some things on our schools. But one of the things I tried to do as mayor is put an extra uh, million, million and a half, two million dollars in the budget to fix things every year. And we did that. Right. And so we a lot of things out of the budget. Look at the Homer High School. Homer High School roof was an eight million or estimated at seven, eight million dollars. And we did it for about four point five, five million. And we paid for it out of pocket. And, you know, we put a control system system in there they got new boilers in the school so you got another 50-year asset right there sitting there another school 50-year asset good shape um, one of the things i looked at is if you have a dry roof and you have a, a good mechanical system you don't have to worry about uh, having a cold break middle of winter or having an event and uh, so again 30 million dollars in fund balance two tenths of a mil uh, decrease in your property tax and if you look at uh, the forecast 24 and 25 no revenue requirements and or mill rate increases. Right. So starting starting five years ago with a with a four million dollar deficit up to a thirty right. million dollar fund balance in a five year. I mean that's a that's a swing. We don't get. I, I give credit to the borough employees. They they work very hard every day. They've got some very very loyal and and very dedicated folks that come into that building every day and do a good job. And they get credit for that savings. And, but again, they continue to save year after year. And I ran on the premise of I'm going to run this borough and I'm going to try to avoid any mill rate increases. And I was successful in that. In fact, the mill, the year I took over, the mayor that was leaving wanted a one mill, one mill increase. And that would have been an $8 million take out of the economy. And I said, hold off, don't do it. And we didn't do it. And then you're going to have two years after I'm gone without a mill rate increase. So you've had several years without a mill rate increase, and we've been successful. But again, we put a business plan together that worked. And I think if I've done anything as a mayor, as I've demonstrated that you can save money in government, and you can run things efficiently, and you can run similar to a business. Right. And it goes back to if there's a will, if you have the will, and you can see the results you're looking for, you can actually achieve it. You put a strong team of individuals together, you can achieve a lot of good results. And, and I'm, leaving this borough, I'm leaving this borough, for the record, I'm leaving this borough in good good uh, fiscal shape. And uh, 
let's uh, let's do a review of this this situation five years from now. Let's talk right. five years. Well, and, and I think, again, you know, that's the only thing that a man can be happy or a person I'm, I'm saying a man can be happy for is that he leaves this world or his position or his job better than when he found it. And I think you've done that, which leads me to the question here before we get ready for the wrap up. You know, the first hundred days in office, uh, Charlie Pierce is governor. Uh, is this the same kind of laser focus you're going to take into the governor's office where maybe in a couple of years we could be back onto the proper track and in five years down the road we could be, you know, where we are? in the positive with fund balances growing, no new taxes, reduction in taxes, as far as the taking of the PFD and everything else, is that what your focus is going to be on? You have to have uh, 21 and 11, right? You've got to have relationships. Yep, absolutely. So I'd be, I'd be, and it'd be foolish for me to say that I'm going to, I'm going to have all the control and I won't, I won't have all the control. Dunleavy doesn't have all the control. You've got to have 21 and 11 to get anything done. And that's the first order is develop some relationships where you can actually produce some results but yep. there are a lot of things outside of the legislature that the governor runs every day and there's a lot of business decisions that the governor makes every day in this state in determining and deciding whether we spend something or don't spend something right that's where you can make some strides in in our local government is say no to a lot of the things that you're currently doing right well, the argument um, could be made the, that as, as mayor, you didn't have full control either. You still had to work with the assembly. You still had to do those things. But a strong leader can drive the boat in that direction. You can, and you should. And again, you know, why get involved if you're not want, if you're not going to want to make it better? Yeah, absolutely. Charlie, we've got to wrap up here. 30-second, uh, give me a 30-second elevator pitch for Charlie Pierce for governor. Charlie at Charlie. Pierceforgovernor.com. Go out to the web. There's a button there. You can donate if you choose to uh, help us. Um, look, we're an option for you. Uh, rank the red. I want to leave you with rank the red and emphasize that. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be shaking hands, continuing to shake hands and talk to folks. And I'm going to encourage you to get out there and rank the red when you go in the ballot box in November and and um, and you vote your conscience. You know, I I respect the process, but I again I hope that there's not lots of large dollars that are influencing votes, and yep. and that it it is a home Alaskan uh, voice. Charlie, that I- Charlie and- Pierce, uh, thank you so much for coming in tomorrow. Brad Keithley, Chris Story, the Michael Duke Show. We will see you then. All right, Charlie. Um, No, I mean, I agree. And I think everybody who's listening who agrees with all the things that Charlie just said, if every one of you just went to his website and dropped 25 bucks on his website, it would go a long way to helping things out. There's 75 people in all the chat rooms right now. 25 times 75, that'd be a nice little chunk of change to do an ad buy somewhere or to get a flight for Charlie out to Nuiksik or something like that so that he can talk with these people and show this passion out there. We, we got to do it, folks. We got to help. Whether it's carrying a sign, putting a sign in your yard, dropping some money, knocking on doors for Charlie, going to the fair, doing whatever it is, this is what we need, right, Charlie? I think so. It's uh, it's it's ours to have, and it's, it's ours to determine how the outcomes are going to look. Yeah. Um, be uh, be passionate about something in your life. Get out and vote. And, yeah. And uh, well, the red. Remember, government's what happens to you when you don't pay attention, and so you yeah. got you got to pay attention, and you got to yeah. support the candidates that believe in it. Charlie Pierce, you got my vote. Thank you, my friend, for coming on board. We'll be talking <laughs> with you again here in a couple of weeks, and we'll see where you're at then. 
All right, take care. I'm fixing to go into the interior. All right, thanks so much. I appreciate it, Charlie Pierce. All right, the Michael Duke Show continues tomorrow, folks. Thanks for being part of it today. We appreciate it. Again, Brad Keithley, Chris Story, that's all coming up tomorrow. We uh, look forward to seeing what uh, they have to say. And we look forward to seeing you guys right back here. Don't forget to like and share. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell. Thank you, my friends. Have a great day. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show